This has been a week. But when I say that, I'm not, I'm not even sure that that is accurate. This week, we all shifted our eyes east to Israel as we saw thousands of missiles fly in Israel from Hamas, trying to kill anyone that they could reach. We saw the familiar sight of the Iron Dome streaking across the sky, intercepting what would be murderous missiles. We saw the fighting that preceded this on Al-Aqsa Mosque. And even before that, the spark that led to all of this touched off from 300 Palestinians who currently face pending eviction orders following a defeat at court, while three families are still awaiting a final decision on their appeal to high court. In advance of the court's decision, protests took place in Sheikh Jarrah, met by counter-demonstrators from far-right Israeli activists and officials. And each side in Sheikh Jarrah claiming ownership of the land, fighting over the land, swearing loyalty to the land. The root of this is about land, which I found incredibly revealing, given where we reached in the Torah this week. And I cannot tell you how many times I've seen the Torah roll forward to the next parsha, as if planned for the moment of history that you live in. It's urging us and it's pleading us to be quiet enough to hear what it's trying to tell us. And on the most basic level, the name of this week's parsha is just that. The name of the parsha is Bamidbar, which means in the wilderness, in the wild, in the desert. Now, when you quiet down and you look deeply at that word Midbar, wilderness, placeless, with no ownership of land, one begins to realize that there is a powerful lesson being taught here. Because that is what the mead bar is. It's not a place. It's placeless. It's exile. It's where we roam as we leave Egypt, one type of society, and we walk through a liminal time for the Jewish people before we can get to the land of Israel. And what happened to us in this landless place of exile is the singular most important thing to ever happen to the Jewish people. We became a people. But how? And why Bamidbar? Why in the wilderness? Rabbi Jonathan Sachs of Blessed Memory shares a lesson from this week's parsha, which asks a fundamental question of what comes first, law or land? Now, in nearly all societies, the primary focus is land. What makes the society and the people is the land. Even as societies grew and structures of power were developed with laws, the laws that were written were bound to the land and to the person who ruled over them. This is how monarchies worked. Think about Egypt. The pharaoh was the pharaoh of Egypt. The laws instituted were bound to the land. Now, if I decide to move 
from San Francisco to Toronto. I am no longer bound by American laws. I'm bound to Canadian laws. Rabbi Sachs points out that the Torah finds this system fundamentally wrong because the examples in the Torah show how this type of civilization has the potential to turn some people into gods and others into slaves, where people will show a fidelity and an allegiance to a person and not to something greater than that person. While conversely, in Judaism, one is meant to be serving God. And God is the universal ruler and legislator. No human is above or below another human. And since we are made in the image of God and are a part of something much greater, and it's because of this worldview that when we reach this part of the Torah, Bamidbar, in the wilderness, this is where we receive the Torah. We receive the law and the foundation of how it is to be in the world. It's because of this law and the fact that law comes before land, which means if Jews are ever exiled and landless, they're still unified by laws that superseded any land that they are a part of. This is the reason why Jews are the oldest surviving group in the history of the world. It's why massive empires that protected their lands with all of their might are gone. But the Jews who were developed in the wilderness are still here to this day. And when you see this, and you take the Torah and you take the Talmud, and everything that we have generated over thousands of years, you see that religion is radically different from other religions. Other religions have a focus of saving the soul, finding nirvana, or finding inner peace. This is not what Judaism was designed for. Judaism is designed as a system of ethics and laws of how we are expected to act in the world. How we're supposed to engage in business in an ethical and in an honest way. How are we supposed to conduct an army? How we ensure justice for all. How we act in war. The core of Judaism is the law. The Holy Land of Israel was our place where we could carry out those ethics. Now, the fact that we received the Torah Bami Bar in the wilderness is central to who we are and how we're expected to be in the world. The 2,000 years of exile from the land of Israel, we were beaten, we were murdered, we were oppressed. And in those millennia of exile, we could talk and we could think about having the agency to carry out a prophetic vision of a world where justice and ethics and law are at the center of the world. But we could just talk. And this can be seen in 1948, when the Jews return to the land of Israel and they write the Declaration of Independence that it was a distillation of wrestling with our ethics and our view of the world, which we'd even talking about, and we finally could now re-enter the land to carry out the law. 
This is what they wrote in 1948 in that Declaration of Independence. The state of Israel will be open for Jewish immigration and for the ingathering of the exiles. It'll foster the development of the country for the benefit of all its inhabitants. It will be based on freedom, justice, and peace as envisioned by the prophets of Israel. It will ensure complete equality of social and political rights to all its inhabitants, irrespective of religion, race, or sex. It will guarantee freedom of religion, conscience, language, education, and culture. It will safeguard the holy places of all religions. And it will be faithful to the principles of the Charter of the United Nations. This was written just years after we had no ability to defend ourselves from people who wanted to murder us, people who did murder us. And now we had a nation where we could defend ourselves and our lives. And we could try to build a society that was based on the prophetic law to ensure justice and equality for all. And they meant all. And because we had that land, we could finally move from envisioning our future of how the world ought to be to actualize that world in our land. And over the past 70 years, Israel has executed on this vision. When the Declaration of Independence was written, Jews, Muslims, and Christians were not able to pray together in the old city of Jerusalem. Today, they do. What Hamas credits their violence to were police, who originally were on the Temple Mount to prevent Jewish extremists from interrupting Muslims from praying. That is not how it ended on the Temple Mount, but that is how it started. Arabs sit on the Supreme Court and they make up the Knesset today as elected official. Israel led the Western world in gay rights. And those, those examples are easy examples. But carrying out a prophetic vision in the real world, it's complicated. What do you do when you do have to defend yourself? When you're being attacked? How do you do this with morality as the leading vision. No other country in the world, when at battle, uses rubber bullets. But you see, in that word, rubber bullets, the tension of trying to carry out a vision in the real world, of being a light to the world in an unbelievably complex neighborhood. What is radically different today versus any other time in the past 2,000 years is that this generation of Jews is the most powerful in the history of Judaism. And with that power comes incredible opportunities to carry out the vision of a just world and a just society. It means having an air force and an iron dome to protect your people when terrorists are trying to kill you which we could not do at any other time in the history of Judaism. And thank God Israel can finally defend itself. And it also means 
when hundreds of Jewish extremists in Bat Yam vandalize Arab property and then assault an Arab driver in his car, dragging him out of his vehicle and beating him savagely, having law come before land means that you punish and you arrest those Jews. Because what we learned in Bami Bar is that we are bound to something much greater than any land. We are bound to God. Which means when those extremists beat that Arab man, they are beating an image of God. And then they have no right to the land because they're not carrying out the law which we were given in a place where we did not have a land. If you think that the denigration of another human is an okay thing to sacrifice because you're waving a flag to protect land, you're no longer in the Jewish story because that is not Judaism. That is land over law. That is land over ethics. That is land over God. And I want to be clear that what we're seeing are extremists rioting in Israel on both sides. And they're just that. They're extremists and a very small minority. Rabbi Noah Sata, the director of the Israel Religious Action Center, was in conversation with Rabbi Mintz yesterday. She's the director of the reform movement's arm in Israel that is focused on defending equality, social justice, and religious pluralism within Israel. And she wanted every synagogue in the United States to know that what we're seeing on TV is a minority of extremists in the streets. The vast majority of Israelis and Arabs, they deplore the violence. We've seen statements from the far right and from the far left in the Knesset, from Arabs on the left and Arabs on the right, condemning these minority of extremists because that is not what Israel is. The majority of Jewish and Arab Israelis are moderate and they want peace. And they want to live together in harmony. And the more that we realize that we are just one humanity, that we all come from God and are more than just defenders of land, we realize that the majority, they're not enemies. The majority are actually partners for peace. Israel is a Jewish state. The Jewish people are not going anywhere. The Arabs are not going anywhere. The only path forward is together. When we look back on those sacred words put into that Declaration of Independence, one realizes just how far Israel has come to that reality and how much further we still need to go until we get to the ought. The situation in Israel is incredibly complex and it's also incredibly simple. And this is the tension that we must stay in. The system that we developed in Bami Bar is a system where you should have a place to defend yourself and to protect your people. But ethics is the tip of your sword in your guiding principle. It's simple when you realize that there is no such thing in Judaism as a them, because we are a chad. We are one humanity, all made in the image of God. 
in the moments of war and conflict, our internal inclination may be to just throw away our values and protect our land. But we are a people who were developed to cherish our values and to make sure we have a land that we could then actualize them in. The land, it was just the body. The law was always the soul. We pray for the body and we pray for the soul of Israel because one cannot exist without the other. In Judaism, they're symbiotic. <laughs>